Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast, the summer series, featuring discussions by Re and other members of our community as part of Coffee Talk, presented for the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association. To learn more about IDEA, visit ideadance.org. Season 3 for Regold's Dance Life Podcast will be back at the end of summer. Enjoy this bonus Coffee Talk series. Take it away, Ree. Welcome, everybody, to Coffee Talk. Uh, I saw so many people posting about their shows this past weekend. I'm hoping that everybody is feeling awesome because I'm here to pat you on the back and say you made it. I don't care where your show was, was in a parking lot, an auditorium, a wedding venue, you made it. And I think we are turning the corner big time. How cool is that? Welcome, Miss June. Thank you, Ree. How are you today? Very good. I'm uh, excited because this is a Canadian show that we're having today. I don't know that I intended it that way, but between you and Mandy, we got Canada covered. We do. So for our IDEA member listeners, tell everybody how long your studio has actually been open this year. Open, open. Open. Uh, we had inside classes from September uh, 10th to the end of November. And then after that, we've been on Zoom. We just finished our season May 15th. So the majority of time has been on Zoom this year. So I'm going to just ask this outright. As you're watching your idea member friends in the States being able to do things, and you guys are still at the place you're at. What are you feeling? Uh, a little sad that we're not in person, but I definitely have the mindset that we work with what we've got and we just keep going and that I'm hopeful that one day we're going to be able to, to do that too. I'm happy for all my American friends. I love the innovation that everybody is uh, using, coming up with, like you said, parking lots, a bandstand. There's some amazing ideas out there. What has this pandemic and all these months of being in a virtual life, what has it changed about how you look at your studio and how you look at the future? I'm pacing myself better now. I can see the pattern and see the path where before the pandemic, I definitely was rushing and we're getting this done and this done and this done. And I, with the pandemic, we have more time and the ability to really look at our students and our clients and even me to look at my staff and reach out to see what it is that they need and what we need and want what I want for my business growing forward. So it's uh, pretty cool. And as you move forward, I'm, I'm thinking you will be opening in September and hopefully even if it's a limited amount of kids, 
what are you looking forward to when it comes to actually having people in the studio or is that exactly what you're looking for? That's 100% having that. We, we got to do, we did a drive-by costume pickup. Uh, so it was so nice to see the kids and their parents and we're going to be doing a drive-by photo shoot. Literally the car drives up, the kid gets out, photo photograph is taken the kid gets back in the car drives around changes in the car or goes home and comes back in their next costume so to see people in person will be amazing and to actually interact i think one of the things on zoom there's a lot of conversation good conversation with the kids i want to make sure we keep that that we're not just coming back into the the studio and just teaching 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 we've got to maintain that wonderful connection that has been made over zoom in talking with the kids bingo bingo how do you plan to do that uh i'm going to uh hit my staff up for some ideas but my head is thinking that maybe as they come in because i suspect we're still going to have to do the check-in so if we're checking in they have to give us the word of the day how they're feeling and have a conversation at the beginning of class of you know if thumbs up middle thumbs down thumbs uh, we always talk about what what happened this week that was great in your world or what happened this week that wasn't so great so keep that conversation and because we're in person maybe do more of a team one so i like to do i like have uh, special words and i hold the word up and they have to read i am so like it would be strong <clears throat> strong i am strong and every kid would read it then they'd have to say you are and they'd look at the kid next to them and tell them that they are strong and then the third one is we are strong and we there would be five or six words that we would go around and and say that so things like that so before pandemic were you thinking about those things or has the pandemic brought them into your classroom maybe more definitely more we were doing it we we used to hit it up uh once a month for sure some sort of activity that brought everybody together um the pandemic has made it even more so there's more conversation pretty much every class um and then i want to keep that going and keep that connection going because I fear, not I fear, I don't fear. I'm certain that it will be a, a transition for people to be in person. Their uh, anxiety levels in some kids, uh, who knows how they're gonna cope coming back into in-person classes and same for the parents. So we have to be mindful of that and keep an eye out for that. Any behavior problems that might arise from being in a group setting not wanting to participate they might be a little more hesitant especially the little ones <clears throat> they've been at home with mom and dad they haven't had to come into a, a building and if you're three you don't have much life experience to know what it's like to come into a studio so you've been at home for this entire time uh, you've got to get used to going out and going into a strange building so we'll have to do some work on that. I'm planning to do a few videos, uh, introduction videos that I can send out to people with a tour of the studio and things like that. I think your point, I don't care if you're in the States or you're in Canada, your point about these kids who are little, who have been in the house for as long as they can remember because they're three or four years old, 
may come into our classrooms cautious. It may be a different kind of experience at the start of the year because uh, this is going to seem really new and odd to some of them. Might even be for older kids too. I feel that our teens have been on their phones for a long time and closed up for a long time and that I don't know. I, I hope that when they get together, they're willing to let at least a piece of that go and get back to camaraderie among each other instead of just separation. I, I hope that made sense. Yes, yes. I, I, I am hopeful that it will be. And I think the other, the other challenge will be uh, when we were open for the, that six-week period, parents waited outside. They simply dropped off. So depending on what our lockdown rules are um, or what our rules are for reopening, we may still be having parents drop off. So that communication with moms and dads while we're seeing them, we're only seeing them during drop off. I don't know when we'll get back to lobby. It's interesting because you not knowing when and knowing also that there are areas of the states where the lobbies are open and people are inside. It's it's such a dramatic difference in different, I, I'll call it parts of North America. I have to say, I feel for my Canadian IDEA members, I have never seen a stronger group of people. As you know, we have our Canadian town halls and they're very much supporting each other. Uh, I don't know that I could go as long as you guys have. The support from IDEA in general and the Canadian group has been huge for everybody. It's definitely something that I can, uh, people that I can lean on, throw ideas off of, and it just keeps the momentum going. Helps me keep going. I'm happy to hear that. So, uh... We have a special guest today. She is also a Canadian. I'm gonna just bring her on, Mandy Yip. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Good morning, Idea. So awesome to be here. Smiling to have you, Miss Mandy. Tell me, Mandy. Well, first, tell our audience, for those who may not know you, but everybody seems to, uh, what you do. So I run a company called Acrobatic Arts. We teach dance teachers how to teach acrobatics safely and effectively in the dance studio. And we do that all over the world. So I manage this company basically is my job these days. You're doing a great job at it. Thank you. Um, I'm going to hit you with this question because I think our members will go, what? <clears throat> I tried to reach you yesterday. Uh, text and phone and I didn't hear from you and I said wow that's a little unusual I usually hear from Mandy right away then this morning I saw a text that said re I shut my phones off on Sunday so I can really take a day off <laughs> and you know I'm laughing about it because I think to myself, wow, how come I didn't think of that? I was on my phone. <laughs> how did you get to a point 
or what made you get to a point where you can let it go for that whole Sunday? Uh, good question. And it's not every Sunday. I, I try to make sure I do it once a month. So just to preface that, because I do understand that it is very difficult. And sometimes it's not Sunday. Sometimes it'll be a Thursday, you know, but I do when it's time for me to take a day off, I shut everything off. And I, you know, and then I wake up the next morning and realize I missed a call from Regold. So, you know, that's a little bit, you know, scary when you do, well, not scary, but I just feel bad that I've missed an important phone call sometimes. And that, you know, that is the fear. That's why we don't ever turn it off, right? But um, I knew from the beginning of starting this company that I was going to have to make time for my family and for myself in order to really be successful and have it for the long run. And, um, I knew that because I had run a business previously where I did not do that. So, so that is why uh, I made it such a priority and why I forced myself. And it is, it is a discipline. It is a discipline to be able to turn it off. I would say it's not that I easy. Have, I dare members. Are you listening? That discipline thing. It's really good. I know it is. Um, tell us you have two children. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I have a 13 and a 15-year-old son. And is that where you were yesterday with your children? Um, I was with my husband for the first part of the day. We went to the mountains and did some bike riding. And then I was with my kids for the uh, second part. We made a big dinner and then we all watched a movie together. You know, much to my teens, Shamai's, actually, they, they would prefer that I didn't take the Sunday off. <laughs> they're teenagers and they would rather just be out with their friends but um I think that's a really important time that we spend together as a family so like it or not we watched Rhea and the Last Dragon with my 15 year old and 13 year old and it was it was an awesome time of just being together with no distractions good for you and good for you for making the time and making that a priority good for all of us who are uh watching today Miss June, I know you have a question for Mandy. I'm going to let you take it, my friend. Okay. Uh, Mandy, I had I admire the acrobatic arts, and uh, I know it's a big company because you're worldwide. I wanted to know what tools or how you create create your management teams, your admin teams, and how you how you manage all of that. Okay, so at the beginning of any company, uh, it's all you. So at the beginning of this company, it was all me. I made the courses, I taught the courses, I marketed the courses, I dealt with the people in finances, and I dealt with Facebook, and you know, I did all the jobs. And then as some money came in, uh, I was able to hire one other person, and then one more person. So it wasn't like I started this company. First of all, I started the company with zero funding. So it was I sold a course, I had now I have $500 I can spend on the next thing. And then I had $1,000 I can spend on the next thing. That's how it, it grew very organically. So um, I didn't start with this massive team. I grew at one person at a time. Um, choosing the people was really, really important to me. And I have the most amazing team of people, I think, in the entire industry. I'm very, very proud of my team. And I love them dearly. And I know that they love being part of this organization, too. Um, I, I sought out people that I thought were excellent and that I thought would fit into the culture that we were creating and that who would really care about what we're doing. And so that's how I found people. I would, I would find people that I just really admire. I mean, a perfect example is Trish Thompson Creamer, who runs this studio in Ontario. She is just a phenom at creating these acrobats. Her and I had never met. 
Um, I just loved her stuff. I'd seen her work in competition. And so I called her up and I said, this is what I'm doing. And she'd heard of me by then. This is a little bit later into the, into the organization. And I said, would you be willing to meet with me for coffee? I just want to learn how you do things. And then, you know, we sort of grew it, grew our relationship from there. And then we have a pretty extensive uh, process that they have to go through in order to become a, a certified teacher with us and actually teach our work. It's actually quite an intense process um, to become trained by us. That's how I put together the team of professionals that actually teach the work. Uh, the team of professionals that does all of our administration is, is a different process. We do that by, um, you know, resumes and interviews and like you would any other admin, but they still have to fit in the culture. That's really important to me. And how did you go about setting and deciding what your culture is? Is that something you did by yourself or did you expand that and include your team? Definitely included the team. There were things that really mattered to me at the beginning. I knew, um, I knew some things that were really important about how I was going to run the business and how the business was going to react to the customer. Those things have never changed. So the people had to fit into that puzzle. But bringing people on, I'm very open to what they have to say as well, because I'm bringing on the best of the best. I'm bringing on people that are quite frankly better than I am. So why wouldn't I listen to them and their suggestions on how things um, can be better? And so most definitely the, the team has definitely influenced where, where we've gone. How do you stay and communicate with uh, the entire team? Like, I mean, you're doing workshops here, there and everywhere. And you got to have some kind of cohesive. Yeah, it, it's a little challenging with all the time zones, I'll be honest, because we have administrators in uh, uh, many, many time zones. So when we're having our 9am meeting here, sometimes my Australian um, person is going to have to be up at like midnight in order to or one o'clock in the morning in order to make that meeting. So it is a little bit challenging. We try to work around the time zones as best we can. We found that three o'clock in the afternoon seems to work the best for everyone. Um, we have a weekly meeting with all of the admin staff and, and I'm, I'm very goal orientated and so is the team. So we actually write down what our goals are going to be for the next week. And when we get together and meet, we look at what we did last week and we check off, they get a green or a red or a yellow dot beside what they were supposed to be doing, whether they got it finished or not. If it wasn't finished, it gets moved to the next week. And we also write down what we're going to do the next week. And we do that as a team all together. Um, that also helps to move things from one person's plate to another person's plate. If somebody has too much on their plate or if somebody's week is gonna be not that busy, we can move things around a little bit. And that every week com communication, it's only a half an hour of meeting. It doesn't take us very long. Um, but we get together every week and that keeps us in communication and connection with each other because we're all over the world, as you said. Cool. What do you use like a regular calendar for that? Sorry, Ray. No, that's okay. <laughs> one more question. I do have you use one a question. We'll get back to it. Don't do it. A regular calendar or is there is it a special app that you're using? So I use two things. I use Trello, which has uh, little cards on it and, and everybody has cards. We have cards that kind of work together. So different groups might be working on the same project. They'll all work on that card. But then for the weekly meeting, it's actually just a spreadsheet. We just do it in numbers. And it says, you know, the week of June 7th, and then it'll have everybody's name. And then all the things they're going to do will be listed under their name with, and we'll just like use the color coder to say red, green, or yellow. And then if it doesn't, we just copy and paste it to the next week. So that is very untechy, <laughs> but it works. Very really cool. Well. 
because it's easy it's easy to see everyone has access to that so they can go in and check to see whether or not they've accomplished what they said they were going to do that week or not awesome uh i'm gonna go for this question that was something that you said a little while back but, but wait before i do that for those who are listening if you have questions feel free to put them in the chat because I'll bring them forward to Miss Mandy. Um, you said a little bit ago that you try to hire people who are better than you. I would say all of my people are better than me at what they're doing. So um, I don't think there's anybody in a position in my company who doesn't do what they do better than I would do it you know that they they are better at it than I am so that goes from teaching the work to the the person who's in charge of uh you know creating the computer systems I definitely am not good at that the, the girl who's in charge of being the principal of our organization she is so detail orientated and she understands how important all of those little details are when the customer gets their report card back and the student finally sees how they did on their work that year um, the girl who's in charge of research and development is incredibly creative in a way that I just am not. Um, I would say that is true about everyone in my organization. I think that was a really good point because I think that some business owners, uh, studio owners, are maybe sometimes afraid of that teacher who may come in and be better than they are. And when in reality, maybe we look and we go, wow, somebody to take over and I don't have to worry anymore. Well, and in that particular area, notice I didn't say they're better that, than me at everything. They're better than me at what they do. And so I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling at all threatened in my position. My, my position, I think I am the best one for my position. But I think that Loren is the best one for her position and Sandra's the best one for her position. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, how did this pandemic affect you, your business, and what you thought you were going to be doing and what you are doing? That was a long question. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, the pandemic has been hard on everyone. We definitely had to pivot and change a lot of things when, when everything shut down, and it really shut down worldwide for us also at the beginning. Uh, we had about a half a million dollars in refunds to process that day, or we had to figure it out <laughs> because at, just like you at the conference, I mean, we had all of these events set up for the next few months and we had people registered and we had their money already. So we had to decide if we were going to figure out a way to, to um, make those courses happen or if we were going to refund half a million dollars. And so we found a way to make that happen. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, so, so we were able to transfer one of our courses to an online course, um, the module one course that where we're teaching things like handstands and bridges and cartwheels, we felt like we could deliver that one well online. We felt like we couldn't deliver our module two, like back handsprings and side aerials, we felt like that was that was too difficult to do and it wouldn't be um, the same product if we delivered it online. So we decided to hold on that. And in its place, we put in a new preschool program um, that we could deliver online. And so we were able to move people into other courses that they were interested in uh, if they wanted to um, without having to do that many refunds. And so, so we are surviving. And did you learn a whole lot about product that, that you might not have put out there before that you probably will in the future? 
100%. And not only that, I think we're the teachers that we're teaching are better equipped through this online forum than they were in person. And that might sound like um, good marketing, but actually I think it's really true. When you're teaching a kid, when you're teaching a class of 15 and you're trying to get around to every kid and spot everything that they're doing, the kid is only seeing you for a very small amount of time. But when you're teaching on what we now call acro islands and everyone is on their own island and they're all learning at the same time, they're actually getting a whole hour's class, not you know, a fraction of your time because they're able to use, mm -hmm. use the progressions that we put in place. They're able to work on the stuff the whole time that they're in class and they're not waiting for you to come around to, to their mat or for their turn to get to you. I think our teachers are actually going to be better prepared to teach a big class of um, foundation kids than they would have before, where they felt like they had to be hands-on with every single student. When we get to those higher levels, they are going to still have to be hands-on, but generally the class sizes dwindle a little bit as we get into advanced work in every genre. So we don't have those great big classes, so I think it's not going to be such a big issue. But with these beginner classes, level one, level two, level three, where they're learning cartwheels, handstands, bridges, walkovers, they can do that without you putting your hands on them at all if you do it properly. And that's that was a big aha, I think, for, for our staff and for the teachers that have been able to come through this process with us. Very cool. Are you going to go full swing again or are you starting off slow are you going back to traveling the world with your courses or oh yeah i can hardly wait to get on an airplane again <laughs> i'm very excited to get moving uh we've actually been full swing in australia for almost a year now because they've been wide open um we are running about um I think about 40 events or so in the US that are going to run no problem. We just had to shift our Ju July courses in Canada to August, um, but we are planning to run those in August. It looks like Canada is going to be open for those. I'm, I'm hoping and praying and I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm energized. I'm ready to get moving and, and do things in person again. Having said that, our customers are telling us that that foundations course that we put online, they would rather take it online. It's actually not selling uh, in person as well as it used to. Um, so that will give us a lot more freedom to do our higher level courses in person in more locations. So it, it will it'll change slightly how we're doing business, but I think in all the right ways. Cool. What advice do you have for the dance studio owner who's listening or will be listening who maybe feels like they're overwhelmed? They, yeah. they don't know how to pick up. What's your thoughts on that? So, so just so you know, I was a studio owner also. I ran a studio for 11 years. It's still in operation. I sold it um, I sold it actually because I was overwhelmed. <laughs> um, I had two little boys at home. They were two and four at the time and neither of them wanted to take a dance class. And I cried my heart out and then thought, you know, how am I gonna make this work? Because they, they didn't wanna dance. And I, my vision of our family was us all at the dance studio. That's how I thought life was gonna move forward for me. And when my boys didn't want to, um, I didn't know how that was going to work. How am I going to work evenings and weekends and holidays and, and my kids are going to be at school. It's just not going to, it's not going to work. And so I sold the studio kind of in a, in a time when I thought I just couldn't move on. This company, Acrobatic Arts, was not even in my 
idea. I had no plan for it until I was staying home. And about three weeks later, I got bored <laughs> and started putting this together. But while I was doing that, I thought, you know, I'm not going to make those same mistakes. I'm not going to work every weekend and every evening and every holiday and never see my family. I'm going to change the way that I do things so that um, work is work and family is family. One of the things I learned when I owned my studio was I was giving away free stuff all the time because I loved these kids. I mean, the studio was my baby. I loved everything about the studio. And so when a kid couldn't afford to have lessons, they got free lessons. When a kid couldn't afford a costume, I would buy it for them. And what I noticed over the 10 years of owning the studio was that those families got to go to Disneyland and my family didn't because my Disneyland money was paying for their costumes and lessons. Um, Ooh, I think there's a lot of people who are watching that can relate to that. Yeah, sure. like, well, why is my family suffering or not getting to go and your family does get to go? You know, that something in my head was like, this isn't right. And the same thing with my time, my, that was money, but time was the same thing. Why is my family not getting me and your family is getting me? And then, you know what you do? You graduate and you move on anyways, or you, you know, or you quit and you go to another studio anyways. Um, you know, it, it was just a real like awakening for me that I wasn't going to give my family less than that I was giving the other people that were my customers really, you know? And so, I guess my my thing that I would give you is you've had this year to probably take a little bit of a step back and be with your family and your people a little bit more. Don't go back into it the same way that you were two years ago. Go back into it like I went into acrobatic arts with this vision of you don't have to be everywhere all the time. You don't have to do it all. It's okay um, to lead, to bring up leaders in your organization who are going to take over things. It's okay to give them the entire competitive program or the entire preschool program. And it'll take some time before they can do it exactly the way that you would have done it. And maybe they never will. Um, but maybe it'll be even better. You know, you never know. And be okay with it having a few hiccups at the beginning. You know, don't just rush in there and fix everything. Let, let them fix it. Let them figure out, oh, that clearly didn't work. Let's see what I can do to make that better. And that way you will get to take a Sunday off and not answer the phone call from Regold. <laughs> I did not mind, especially I was sitting by the pool working. Okay, yeah. so I was, I call that like a half day off, even though, you know. But I'm even from that, that mother that's, you know, that's always calling you or, or you know, or the costume company or the competition, com you know, all of that stuff, none of it, you know, I tell my husband all the time, there is no such thing as a cartwheel emergency. There really isn't a cartwheel emergency. I am not an ER doctor where if I don't get in there right now and fix that cartwheel, someone's going to die. No one is going to die. So, you know, we might just wait until Monday and then we'll fix the cartwheel emergency. That is a hard thing to learn. That is a hard thing to learn where I've tried also to, uh, I get an email in. I do not have to answer that right now. I can wait till Monday morning at a certain time period and answer it, but it is hard. I've been in business 37 years. I'm only figuring this out now, <laughs> but it's for the better. Yeah. Well, and we've had this, this great reset in our businesses because of this last year, it's really given us time to, to slow down, to appreciate the things that are at home, to spend, to have dinner with our family. I, I would just really encourage studio owners that are going back into it now to 
you know, to say Wednesdays are off limits. On Wednesday, I spend time, I take my kid to soccer and then we all have dinner and, you know, I, I don't know, whatever it is for you, whatever works. And it doesn't have to be a specific thing that the rest of the world says it is. It can be whatever works for your family, but but it is a discipline. You have to set that, that time aside and then really commit to not even not even looking at your phone. You know, if I would have seen that text come in yesterday, I probably would have called you back, but it was, it was, it wasn't near me. So I didn't know about it. And then I, and then if you don't know about it, you don't do it. Right. So that's awesome. So simple, but so true. And I was discussing this with someone. I think you were on the call, June. I said, yeah, the kids are more attached to their phones than they've ever been. And one of the adult women on this call said, and so are we. Mm -hmm. And that made me think because yes, I would say that prior to pandemic, the phone wasn't next to me 24 hours a day, but for some reason, I am now a person who is being, I'll call it distracted, even though I hate to admit it, by the phone being a part of 24 hour or waking life. Yeah, I, I mean, me too. I, I think we're all guilty of that. I, I don't know anyone who, it, it's been our only uh, window to the outside world in some ways, right? So I, I mean, yeah, that's, I think it's gonna be a hard habit and habit to break. I think it's gonna be difficult for everyone, kids and adults. I did take the step and turn off my notifications. I did that about six months ago and I can't tell you the difference. Yeah. It's still there, but the notifications, because I get emails all the time. So I was getting ding, 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 ding. And I would pick up my phone. So I still pick it up, but not as often. That's a good first step, I think. That's, that's a great yeah. idea. <laughs> Mandy's giving you a pat on the back right there. There was a little <laughs> motivation for you, Miss June. Step one done. <laughs> so Mandy, I know you're going to be a part of the conference this summer. Um, and I know you're traveling. Are you coming to the States this summer? I probably shouldn't ask you that on this camera. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I am definitely coming. I've already decided that I will come back and do my quarantine time if that's what has to happen. Um, I have I have lots of conferences to do, so I'm, I've kind of bundled it all together and I'll just sort of hop state to state. And then at the end, I'll come back and I'll spend my week in the hotel and a week at home if that's what it still is. We'll see. I'm halfway through vaccination, so I'm hoping that if I'm fully vaccinated and a month, another month goes by that there might be restrictions lifted for quarantining, but we'll see. Either way, I've decided to come, so. I have a, I'm not gonna mention any names. I have a feeling she might be watching. I have a Canadian friend who will be coming to the conference who is willing to go into quarantine afterwards. But I wanna say maybe there won't be a quarantine by that time, who knows? I'm hoping. So Miss June, any more questions for Mandy? Uh, I wanted to know the challenges. I think you I think you talked about the challenges though. The ch challenges of hiring new people, the challenges of people not necessarily doing their work uh, as to the standard that you want. Like, how do you cope with that? And have you ever had to let anybody go? Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. I've had to let people go. 
Um, the first thing that I do when I find somebody's not um, living up to my expectations of them is I determine whether or not I have them in the right position. And a lot of the time, the problem isn't necessarily the person because I've hired great people. I know that already. But the problem is that they are doing a job that they aren't really meant to do. So the first step that I always take is to have a meeting with them and say, and let's look at what you're good at. Let's look at what you're not good at. Let's look at what's working. You know, what you did, what did you enjoy about your job this week? You know, you know, what didn't you like about what you had to do? And then that can help me to maybe shuffle some things around so that the person is in the right place within our organization. And we're big enough that I have lots, I have the different places I can put people. So that is super helpful. However, sometimes the person is just unwilling. And if I have an unwilling participant, then they have to go because um, I can work with people who are willing to try and willing to you know, give everything that they've got. And I can put them into places where what they've got is going to work better for us. But if they're not willing to put that effort in, then, then yeah, I do have to let people go. And that does happen. I mean, we're running a business. I've got a staff of 65 people, you know, sometimes people get in through the cracks that I wasn't expecting um, them not to hold um, what we're doing with such high regard. And if that happens, then I have to let them go. Or if they, if they, if they lose interest, same thing, right? Life changes. Yeah, that's true. Do you get a pit in your stomach when it's time to let someone go? Like, is that one of the most difficult things about being a business owner? It 100% is. And um, I I remember the last person I had to let go was uh, a few months, well, almost a year ago now, actually. But uh, I mean, I, yeah, it was really brutal. I don't sleep the night before and I have everything kind of written down in my book about what I'm going to say. And then I I also try to help that person figure out what it is that they want to do. So this, this girl, I tried to figure out like, what is, I don't think this is the right place for you. And even though she really wanted to stay on, I said, I, I really don't think this is where you need to be right now. I think that there is something else out there that's going to fit your skills and your passions better than what we're doing. And so I introduced her to a few people that I thought might be helpful. I, uh, I paid her for an extra month just so that she would have time to find what she needs to do next. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's brutal. And cause I do care about everybody that comes through here. There's no one that comes in where I'm like, mm, you know, that person doesn't matter. Everyone matters. Right. So yeah, it's brutal. Awesome. She, you said it's brutal. She said, awesome. <laughs> oh, I think it's awesome the way you, it's brutal, yes, but it's I'm, awesome that you're, cause I think the tough conversations that we have with employees are, are one of the toughest parts of the job. Yeah. I, I, when you have that little inkling that something is not quite right and you've got to talk to somebody about it, you still want to keep them and just working behind that. Like that is, that is a definite uh, skill that's hard to master. Yeah, I would say with that, don't let it linger. Don't, if you see something that's not working, get on it right away. It's so much less of a problem when it's week one than it is when it's year three, right? So on week one, when that thing is is it kind of in the back of your head, like, no, oh, this isn't really working, get on right away with them and have a coffee and, and make it light, you know, talk about what they're doing well and figure out why it's not working. And usually if you do it early, it's, it's not nearly as painful as trying to wait on it. Sometimes we procrastinate, we put it off because it's not a fun conversation, but it gets less and less fun the longer you wait. (laughs) And you may blow one day. 
Yeah. Because you have never discussed the situation. Yeah. And how confusing for that person then who thought they were doing everything well or didn't have an idea that they were doing things poorly. And Good point. Good point. Um, Mandy, I, I want you to know I've admired you from afar for a long time, but I, I feel like you have it together as a business owner and that as a strong woman leader, you are exactly, um, what's the word I want to use? I can't think of the word, but somebody to hold up for dance studio owners to look at and go, look at what somebody can do if they believe in themselves. Oh, thank you. That's, that's. I mean it. I mean it. I think you're awesome at what you do. People are always talking positively about the program. You and I work together on Acro Islands and Zoom and so many people love that. What's funny, I learned something today was I kept saying now, what's going to happen with Acro Islands in the future? But you make me believe that it's a possibility that we'll be incorporating the islands into our classes. Yeah. Lots of our members have said that they're not changing. When we go back to regular time, they said that the kids actually got so much better on their own islands that they will not be going back to regular, you know, down across the mat kind of um, structure. Awesome. Uh, Laurie, Laurie Hall from Canada's writing, really enjoying it. Not drinking coffee, though. I forgot that part. So I'm wondering what she's drinking. <laughs> what she's drinking. It's another one of our Canadian friends. Oh. Heidi Knapp is here. Hi, Heidi. Pam Simpson is here. Deborah, Judy Sullivan. Uh, good to see all of you today. Mandy, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, Laurie, Laurie Hall uh, stated that it's water. Okay. <laughs> June, you have some final words of wisdom for us? Uh, sure. I think one of the strongest things or most helpful things that we can do is to stay connected, connected with our families. We've had the time over this last year to do that, um, connected with our friends, connected with our staff. I know that I have weekly meetings, um, even though there's nothing much to talk about at times, just keeping that connection helps me and helps them and connecting with our colleagues, like with being part of idea or reaching out. I have dance teachers in the community that message me, hey, what about this? What are you doing about this? Um, that's really important because it helps keep me on the straight and narrow and keeps me level. So staying connected is important. And as always have time for yourself, which we're all gonna go home and turn off our phones, pick a day. <laughs> Mandy, I want you to try calling me next Sunday. Let's see what happens. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> uh, Great talk. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey.
You've been listening to another Morgan Media production.